Blanchard. Thank you. Good, good morning, good morning, good morning. How is everybody this morning? Good, blessed, and, and highly, highly, highly blessed of the Lord. This morning, um, first of all, I just want to thank your, your pastors. are wonderful people, Jay and Donna. It's wonderful to meet another Donna. There's not a lot of Donnas. I just thought, oh, oh my gosh, three in one building. Is that a miraculous or what? That's awesome. Anyway, very, very grateful for the time that we had uh, with your pastors last night. We met uh, for dinner at five and uh, that we said goodbye to each other at eight. So it was a wonderful time of fellowship and they uh, were gracious enough to give us their time. Time can never be replaced. It's something once you give it, it's done. And so it's a great commodity that you sold into us last night. We appreciate it. Y'all have good pastors. You do know that. You do know that. And so I, I want to just uh, bring us to the word this morning. I lost my place marker here, but I believe it was in Ezra. Was it 8 this morning? Okay. Yes, 821. And um, there's a lot of things that are going on in, in the world. There are things that are happening that we've never seen. I've been teaching the book of Revelation for like 19 years and, uh, at the school. And I'm always getting new revelation about uh, the book of Revelation. It's just like, well, that's a pretty cool name, Revelation. <laughs> Get revelations all the time. But it's encouraging when you start seeing with what's happening worldwide has never happened worldwide ever before. So we are in some of the end times. And Ezra was told to do something amazing. He was told to rebuild the wall. And I, and I want to also put a commercial in for intercession and prayer. I feel like it's, it, the church has got to step up to the plate. It's time to really not just have your five-minute little read your little devotion, and this is what the, the speaker wrote, five points, that okay, answer the questions, and then you're done. God's asking us to take some more time. Uh, shut your TV off, your phone off, have a no-phone zone, no iPad zone. Sometime where you're just saying, I don't even take your little phone, your little idol in with your prayer time. Oh, did I? Some people will do that, and then you get caught. Somebody will text you, and then pretty soon you're on your knees, and you're flipping through your Facebook or whatever. So I just want to encourage you to stay, stay in the presence of God. He's got some things that he's going to do. And so he told Ezra that you're going to go rebuild this wall, and the king's on all for it. I'm going to actually going to provide for you, and you got to travel all this way. And I'm sure the king said, hey, you need some soldiers. And Ezra said, no, our God can protect us. And then, then later on he says this in chapter um, 8, verse 21. It says, therefore, I proclaimed a fast. So the that we might humble ourselves and before God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children and all of our possessions. And I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us because I had already told him that our gracious God, his hand is upon us and he will look over us. He will watch over us. He says, those who, he said, the gracious God that we look to, and the word look to in, he, in the Hebrew means the one that we worship. So whoever you look to is who you worship. So that's another little key. Not so much FaceTime here. Let's not so much time on Facebook, but let's be looking to the Word of God. Let's get ourselves in the Word of God. And so it says, and those who look upon him, and his, but his great anger, or another word for the word anger is justice, that his great anger against, he's got great anger against those who forsake him, but as, so we fasted and we petitioned God, our God, about all this, and he answered our prayers. So God answers the body of Christ when we pray, and we need to make sure that we know that God is listening to us. We're not off somewhere all by ourselves, but God says, I promised that I'm going to be with you through, no, through whatever you're going through. 
I'm looking for Joel. You know how everybody reads in, in the book of Joel, and we all, wow, Joel talks about the Holy Spirit's going to fall in these last days, and we're going to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the face of the earth. Is that right? We all all heard that, right? The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon the earth, so we're all super excited about that. But there's verses that go before Joel chapter, 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 28. There, do you know 12 goes before 28? Did you all know that? 12 goes before 28. So verse 12 tells us we have to do something in order to see something happen, right? So Tahlequah will be touched by the body of Christ. Mm. Emphatically, it will be touched by the body of Christ. Those who want to be used will be used. Those who sit back and decide to be lukewarm, you will be sitting back and watching what what's happening. But you're going to watch the body of Christ, the ecclesia, is the one that's going to do the things in Tahlequah. And God needs all hands on deck. It's not, oh, anybody want to volunteer? It's like, get up here, you're recruited. I mean, army style. And so this is what it says that we, we have to do before we're going to see these great outpouring. And we are going to see it. Buckle down. Things aren't the same. Pastor mentioned this morning, you had a March meeting in August. You should have had it in March, but you didn't because you had it now because we weren't able to get together in March. So there's a lot of things that aren't the same. They won't return to the same. They're going to get shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And Christians, don't be afraid of that. God is shaking the devil's kingdom. That's right. And so the God's kingdom is going to stay. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But can God's mm -hmm. shake kingdom be shaken? No. 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 So you're on God's side. So here it says, this is what we need to do. It says, and even now declares the Lord. So who's speaking? The Lord. Return to me with all of your heart, church of Tahlequah, Ecclesia, to return to me with all of your heart. And with fasting and weeping and mourning. Fasting is you're doing without something on a, on a purposeful measure. A purpose that it cost you something. I was here listening to someone that they started to fast for the first time and they barely made it to, to noon, 12 o'clock. And then they got a little bit better. They made it till dinner. And then, oh my gosh, they, they pigged out at dinner. But God's saying, I want, you to, I want it to cost you something. No Return twinkies. to me with all your heart. No, tw twinkies. no Twinkies. No Twinkies. Fasting, <laughs> weeping. And mourning. Weeping is, Lord, examine my heart. Where do I fall short? Not like, oh, God, he, he wants to beat me down. I'm a worm, and he, I'm so unworthy. No, he's saying, I just, show me what's not good in me so I can repent of it because, God, you always love me. I, right? Amen? I picture myself sitting in his lap with my boogers on my nose and dirty knees, and he's just loving on me, not waiting for me to clean up before I get there. Amen? So that's what weeping, that's what, that's what that weeping is. God, I see I'm not doing so good in here. That's okay, sweetheart. We're going to get this done. Here's what my, my word says. This is how you can change in that area of our life. And then mourning is for what we've lost. Our nation has lost a lot. So we need to return to the Lord weeping and weeping and mourning. And it says, rend your heart and not your garments. Don't just do an outward, oh, I'm so sorry I got caught. But God, I want you to open my heart, rip my heart open for what breaks your heart. I want to walk in your power. Jesus was a man acquainted with, with sorrows and mm -hmm. suffering, Isaiah 53. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to follow in his footsteps. So rent your heart and not your garments. And then it says, return to the Lord your God. I am serving the Lord. Really return to him. Be like the Ephesus church. God said, you've lost your first love. Come back and do the things you first did when you first got saved. How many of you are crazy? People like when you first got saved, you're telling everybody about Jesus, and oh my gosh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the most amazing thing. And later on, well, yeah, I got saved. I go to church, and you've started to get a little lukewarm. 
But here it says, here it says, God's saying, return to God, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in grace. And we're praying and fasting for one thing, that he would relent from sending calamity. He doesn't want to send calamity. There will be judgment on the face of the earth. But God says that he doesn't want to send the calamity if my people who call themselves by my name. Mm. And then it says, and the spirit of the Lord will fall upon all flesh, all men, all women. You're going to have dreams and visions. He said, then these things will happen because we did the first things. We did the repenting and renting our heart. And so I want to encourage you, write this down. It's called Ameri uh, uh, prayerwallusa.org, prayerwallusa.org. I, don't, I can't pray for no hour. That's so darn hard. If you have someone that's leading you, it's, it'll, the, the hour goes by so fast. I do it every morning, 7 to 8. And if I don't do it in the mornings, I try to do it another time Prayer during the wall. day. Prayerwall USA. Firewall USA, firewallusa.org. Firewallusa.org. It's a, it's a prayer led by Patricia King, very, very well-known lady. Uh, she has 12 uh, prayer that she's going to lead you in prayer points, and then 12 declarations over the United States. If you can get together with, with the Lord for one hour, and you just I just put her on YouTube, and I walk the room, and whatever she's leading in, and then as the Lord leads you, you pray out what God's speaking to you to pray out, and then she goes to point number two and point number three. And then I just want to encourage you because prayer is going to change things. Break yourself. September is not going to be a normal month. It's going to be some things that we need to be prepared for, but I want to encourage you because we're on the winning side. Now, uh, we have a table outside we'd like to avail your, uh, that you could avail yourself to. We've got a couple of our latest newsletters, and you're going to hear a little bit more about our, our roof projects and building homes for widows in Mexico, how God has, has begun to focus. Instead of going so much outwardly, God's got, starting to you to focus on the communities that are closer to you and what you want to do. So go out there and please sign up for our newsletter so we can have you uh, praying for us. You'll know what we're doing on a, on a regular basis. Here's a bookmark. Stick it in your Bible or whatever that you put it on your fridge. Every time you see it, just throw up a prayer for us. And this blue brochure tells you a little bit about everything that we've done. And, and we do so appreciate this church. We appreciate the teams you sent down to us. You guys um, have an amazing base here. And I, I think God's going to use you in an incredible way. Get ready. Amen. 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 Good word. Thank you, honey. Woo. That's my Rubia. You know, Rubia, how many speak Spanish? ¿Cuántos hablan español? Anybody? Man, you got to eat more taco burrito hot sauce over here. Hey. Anyway, uh, uh, Ruby is my blondie. Anyway, God is a good God. He's a great God. On the back side of that prayer card, it talks about what $100 can do. $100 of monthly support can help support one Mexican Bible school student or support four Cuban evangelists or buys 500 Gospels of John or buys 100 Spanish paperback Bibles and helps purchase 100 kilos of beans for the needy. That's a lot of frijoles. And then it helps to buy and distribute 200 New Testaments for those that don't have a New Testament. And so that's what $100 can do. It goes a long ways. Anyway, I'm David Blanchard, and we're so excited to be here. We've known uh, my cousin, Ed Blanchard. He's not really my cousin. Uh, but uh, somewhere, I don't know. We need, we need to research that out, Ed. I know when, when you're, you and I aren't doing anything, where do, where's the relationship? Anyway, uh, and Ashley, we've known them for a long time. and talked about uh, Donna and Jay, and actually we've known them, but we haven't ever been here to be able to personally fellowship and get to know you and the church and them as well. And we're just, this is a God-appointed time. 
That's what we feel. Pastor, we love you. We love you, Donna. We thank God for you guys have the most awesome pastors ever. I mean, if we were living here, we'd come to church here because this is just, just full of the word of God, full of fire. And there's faithfulness here. And we, we've seen their team and their people come down many, many years, as Pastor Ed was sharing. We've seen them come down, and we know that if you have good people, you got to have good pastors. Because, and so it's been a, just a great, great blessing. And I, I was thinking about something when Donna was talking about how important it is to, prayer, to pray. Because prayer, prayer is, the, is a key to so many things, guys. I'll just tell you this, that since uh, a few years ago, a number of years ago, actually, I, I said, listen, if Paul Youngie Cho could pray for an hour on his knees and then three hours uh, uh, every day, uh, surely I could do one. Jesus said to his disciples, could you not pray with me, you know, at least an hour? And, and so there's something that happens when I begin to pray in the spirit. I'm going to tell you something. God began to do things and change my whole Whole, everything started lining up. I can just tell you that. Things line up when you do that. How many of you are just visiting? Anybody visiting for the first time? Any visitors? Hey, glad you're here. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Well, this is Pastor Jay. He's the regular pastor, and I'm just a holy guacamole south of the border missionary, okay? So I'm going to share a message with you today on the Great Commission, and we're going to have some fun. But first, I want to show you some videos I want to show you a first video about um, who we are. It's a little bit old out of date, but anyway, it tells about all the things, a lot of the things that we're doing in Mexico. So let's watch that. In 1992, VCH has seen over 930,000 salvations. We have a variety of ways that we reach the lost. Here's how you can get involved. At IHI, we train young nationals to be ministers and leaders. We have graduates serving as pastors and missionaries around the country and internationally. Your donations can go towards supporting these students' tuition or helping build expansion projects for the Bible School. Invasion is a massive evangelism training conference. In just a few short days, an entire city is touched with the gospel. Help us raise money for Bibles, tracts, and other gospel literature, mobile speaker sets, vehicles such as vans and trailers, and other event costs. Local pastors around the nation are supported by VCH's network. Your support can go towards helping plant churches and other construction projects. In Cuba, we have many trained evangelists who are reaching their nation from the inside. You can help us in supporting these evangelists who live in one of the poorest nations of the world. Want to know more? Visit our website or call us at 956-727-0059. Everything we do is thanks to faithful supporters like you.
Thank you for supporting the kingdom of God in Latin America. Amen. Hey, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Actually, I'm originally from my mother. How many of you are from your mother? Oh, we're a relative. Hey, and so anyway, but I'm from Denver. I grew up there, went to Colorado State University in Fort Collins, studied to be a veterinarian, had my animal science degree in, uh, in pre-veterinary medicine, and, and I, but I'm working with the two-legged animals. And so God connected me with a Youth for Christ Campus Life, began working with teenagers and, and, uh, for six years doing that, and it was great doing just uh, missions with, or, or outreaches with the teenagers in Kansas. Then I met Donna. We got married in 1982. God began to do some incredible things, and we saw so many things. We started taking teenagers to mission trips to India, and then we started going to Mexico. And then in Mexico, um, God began to speak to us, and we began to become part of a Latin American Bible church missions down there. We moved down there. We have two daughters that were, uh, before we moved down there, and our son was born in Laredo, Texas. And so in a prayer meeting while we were with the missionaries there, I saw a vision of all of Mexico covered with ocean waves. And when the ocean waves left, it didn't leave white foam like it does on the beaches of Acapulco, Cancun, Mazatlan, left big black Bibles with gold crosses on it all over the country. And God said, get my word out because it won't return empty or void without accomplishing what I sent it forth to do. I said, God, how many Bibles do you want me to get out? He said, how many souls do you want to see saved? I said, well, I'm not Billy Graham. I'm not T.L. Osborne. I'm just me, David Blanchard. But I want to believe for one million souls. Then he said, then get one million Bibles and win one million souls. And that became the vision of Victorious Christian Harvesters in 1992. We started in our house, in our garage, and then became pastors of the first church over in the subdivision where we are at. And then, uh, then God began to move in an incredible way. And, and as I was there praying over a piece of property, I looked down, and there was a, a rock, a cube rock. Now, rocks are a different shape, but they're usually not cubed. And I picked up this cube rock, and I looked at it, and there was a dirt clod on the bottom, on the ground. And I looked at this cube rock. Uh, this is cool. And I threw this down and hit the dirt clod. It turned it into dust. And as I was picking up the rock, the Spirit of God said to me, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone that came to destroy the works of the devil. So you too will just raise up many nationals to destroy the works of the devil. International Harvesters Institute. And so we started the Bible school construction in 1999. And then we uh, opened in 2001. And uh, we've had hundreds of students come through. And they go through the training Bible school. And that's really the hub of our whole ministry where we train up uh, nationals to go be ministers, teachers, preachers, missionaries, uh, go out and evangelize and to do all different kinds of things. And so we even have graduates that are in Asia, that are working over in Asia. They've gone all over different places of the world besides Mexico. And, but it's been neat to see what God has been doing and, and what's been happening. In August of 2016, we hit, we reached a million souls. And so that was a great thing that happened to us. That was like 25 years later. And my staff in Mexico gave me a gold ring, and uh, I usually wear it on my middle finger. And, and so one time in a worship service, and Donna and I were in uh, Houston, I was worshiping the Lord with my hands up and just praising God with my eyes closed, and I saw a vision of my 10 fingers with 10 gold rings on it. And I said, God, holy guacamole. Are you talking about 9 million more? 9 million more? Are you kidding? But anyway, so that's our new vision. 10 million Bibles, 10 million souls. And we're not just the ones doing it. Our graduates are doing it. Our staff, everybody involved are doing it. We're reaching out into prisons. We're doing a, a, 
uh, crusades we're doing uh, through our churches. We have 54 churches in Mexico, 50 in Cuba. We have two in El Salvador. We're kind of bored, you know. But anyway, it's exciting to do the Lord's work, isn't it? And it's just exciting to see what God is doing. And so then COVID hit. And so we're not doing these invasions. The invasions are these citywide mass evangelism training seminars. Uh, we've trained 5,392 churches. Uh, and we've seen 43,000 people, Christians, trained up to go in souls. We've seen, we've seen 1,286,000 people come to Christ. And so anyway, glory to God. It's because of faithful partners like you guys that are helping us to go do all this stuff. And so... Uh, Anyway, but God has been, been able to just use us because we've just been available. If you would just be available to do what God wants you to do, he'll lead you and he'll guide you and he'll show you what his plan is for your life. And so it's exciting to see because then we said, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? Then a tornado in the first uh, service, we saw a, a little video about a, like a tornado uh, hurricane that came through and it just ripped off the roof of our uh, Bible school and the shingles and everything else. So we had to re-roof that in three days before the next storm came because the next storm was coming in strong. And uh, during well, that time, we took off the plywood, the old plywood and everything. Well, there was a widow lady named Isaura who uh, used to be a member of our church when we were pastors there. And she said, would you please give me the old plywood? I said, what for? She says, I don't have a roof that works anymore. That's, the wind blew it all the, shing the roof, the metal, the tin off. And so we began to put roofs up and help these widow ladies and the single moms and to help the people in the colonia, thousands and thousands of people in the subdivision. And then we begin to find some that you and I wouldn't even hardly keep our, our animals in. We have better sheds and barns and, 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 and pens up here for our animals and tools and all that stuff. And so God moved on my heart again. And I told Roberta, one of the widow ladies that were just finishing up the house right now, I said, please forgive me. She says, what for? I said, because Jesus said in Matthew 25, 40, as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. I'm going to show you a quick video about Imelda's house and her daughter, Perla. Isabel. Hey, we're here in Nuevo Laredo at the United Nations Subdivision, uh, Colonia Naciones Unidas. We're on the street called China, right by the, United, the street, United States. And so we're helping these families here. This is Isabel. And this is her house. You can look inside. You can see what it looks like. And this is where she lives. And this is her grandson. And her daughter lives over here in this house right here. And so we're going to look over here in this house. This is their outhouse over here. This is Perla and Perla and her other two daughters. This is their house. This is their kitchen. And right behind over here, is there a little shower that they use a bucket of water to shower with? And, and uh, over here is their bedroom, which is just uh, wood benches kind of put together with uh, kind of blankets, mattress. They have, a, a, every time it rains, the water just pours through. In the, in the, in the uh, house of Isabel, they have plastic and blankets up because the water just pours through. Well, the good news is we're here to bless them and to help them. And this is a new house that we just built for them over here. And we built a little place for them to have a shower 
in a, in a little place for the, the toilet, and a little place out here for the, the wash basin. And it costs $1,900 to do all this. And you can come inside. It's a 16 by 16 building. We got two windows and the door. It's nothing fancy. It's uh, like a small a room at, in, in, in the United States with plywood walls. But here's our team inside working. And we're finished out. We're putting some electrical up with, with H1 Antonio and Oliver and, and Arnulfo and uh, Roberto and Mario. We're all working to get things done. They'll have a little place here. We'll put a cement floor here, and it's gonna be something that's just gonna keep the water out and be a brand new place for them. We need your help. We're gonna do the daughter's house. We're gonna do the daughter's house right next door that you just saw. And so we need help. We, we need about $1,900 to do these houses. Now, just to put the roofs up, we're just needing $500. And so if you would pray about helping us, we'd be grateful. Thank you very much. Send whatever you can to help us at Victoria's Christian Harvesters. And God bless you. We thank you for helping us to help the people that are living in very, very humble situations and circumstances. So within, we, we decided we're going to put in insulation and also do the sheetrock on the inside and plywood for ceiling and stuff like that. So it's about 2,500. But think about it. I was just talking with Brother David, you know, 2,500, we can build them a little house like that, and you saw what they used to live in? You can really say, holy guacamole. Anyway, so that's what Pastor was talking about. Uh, just pray with us and help us do whatever God's leading you to do. You know, Benjamin and Saul from New York, they're Jews. They came down on a mission trip and saw us down there, and they, said they wondered if there was any Jews in Mexico, and so they asked there at the restaurant, and they were asking the waiter, is there any Jews here? And, uh, and so the, the waiter didn't really know, and so he went back and asked the cook, and and I came back and he said, well, what did the cook say? And he said, no, we don't have any Mexican juice over here in, in, in Mexico. We only have orange juice, grape juice, and apple juice. <laughs> anyway, uh, but just want you to know there's five things that are really important with the Great Commission. God has called us to go, to go reach the nations. And Matthew 28, 19, and 20 says, go into all the nations and make disciples of all the nations. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. God wants us to remember the Great Commission because it's from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to be about His business like never before. The heart of the church, it should should be the Great Commission. The Great Commission should be the heart of every believer. A presbyter in a church in Acapulco told me one time during an invasion, he says, David, our denomination has been so involved with the projects and programs and the politics, we forgot the purpose. The people are the purpose. Guys, we are the, the, the people of the purpose. We're here for on a mission to do the things that God wants us to do. In some places, the Great Commission has become the great omission. They forgot about it. Churches have become social centers, and they've become places where they just do social events, and they forgot the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so, so um, Hudson Taylor uh, said that, a great missionary to China says that the Great Commission is not the great suggestion. It is a mandate from God. And God has called you and I to fulfill the Great Commission. 
You show me a church that, that's fulfilling the Great Commission, and I'll show you a church that's successful and, and fruitful. This is a church right here. This church right here, for you visitors, is a successful and fruitful church. Jesus commissioned us to carry out the Great Commission. He commissioned us to carry out the Great Commission. And because he commissioned us to carry out the commission, is like he's given, when somebody gets commissioned, they, they're given authority. They're given a mandate. They're given a... They're given an empowerment to go forward and to go do the things like the city commissions the, the, the mayor and, the, and the, the city commissioners and then the, police, the chief of police. And so we've been commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ to go forward and to go share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. You guys, I'm, I'm so encouraged because God is doing so many things. We were in uh, Argentina in 2016. And in January of 2016, and Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones had just finished a concert there, 70-some-plus years old, and he's still singing, I can't get no satisfaction. Why? He hasn't had a divine encounter with Jesus Christ yet. He hasn't had a divine relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, it's all about one thing. You got Now listen, the night before last, God woke me up and spoke to me and began saying, listen, I am the King of Kings. I am the Lord of Lords. I am the founder of the ALM movement. And every Christian true believer is a part of the ALM movement. The ALM movement, what's that? All lives matter. All lives matter. You see, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in his sight. And God began to bring that on to me like Raymond, brother. It just began to hit me. All lives matter, guys. Every single one of us matter. And Jesus wants all of us because he's the creator of all, and they all matter to him. God loves us all. Amen. He loves every single one of us. And he desires for all to come to know him. Look in your Bible in 2 Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord's not slow about his promises. Some count slowness, but he's patient towards you and not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. This side, would you say, none perish. None perish. And so then if you look over in 2 Timothy and 1 Timothy uh, 2, 4, 1 Timothy 2, 4 says, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth? This side, say all saved. All saved. This side? None this side? All this saved. side? None What's the heartbeat of God? The heartbeat of God is that none would perish, that all would be saved. Every single one of us that would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The good news is, is that I want to tell you the gospel is this, that we have five keys to the Great Commission. And the first key to that Great Commission is the message. The message. Everybody say the message. What is the message? You know the message, and I'm not telling you anything new. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And God's good news message is simply this. Jesus still forgives. Jesus still heals. Jesus still saves. Jesus still restores. Jesus still re revives and renews, and He still delivers, and He still provides, and He still supplies, and He still gives life eternal and abundant life. That's good news. That's good news today. Jesus Christ, people are so 
I, I just want to say this straight up. People are so, so afraid today and, to, and, then, and they're in fear. And I understand, but I want to tell you nationally and worldwide, 2% are passing away because of COVID. That means 98% are living and recovering. And, and, and there's influenza, and don't get me started. But anyway, that's another trend. But anyway, I want to tell you, we got the good news message. People are in fear. People are afraid. And you and I have the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was a, 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 a man that, uh, that was in, in Cuba, and uh, this man didn't know what to do. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what was going to Cuba is a communist, atheistic government that, that has uh, manipulated the people and controlled the people into such an incredible uh, demise of all of what life and humanity could really be. But anyway, this young man gave his life to Jesus Christ. He was an atheist. He was an atheist. And, uh, and he was a biologist. And he became a Christian. And he became a believer. And his name is Bernardo de Casada Solomon. And he became a fireball minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I met him probably 20 years ago. We were both 20 years younger then. And God began to work in his life probably 25 or 30 years ago, 1993. That's when I first went to Cuba. And I'm going to tell you something incredible happened. Bernardo de Casada, an atheist, became a radical fanatic for Jesus Christ. And today he has over 50 churches that he is, God has used to raise up and he is moving and God has, we've seen signs and wonders and healings, miracles, and people have been set free in Cuba like never before. And his churches are called Dynamics and Fire and God is using him to just make an impact in the country of Cuba. He's been called on the carpet many times. I've been arrested in Cuba. They accused me of being the CIA agent, setting up covert operations to undermine the government in Cuba and to do all kinds of things because I had a group of evangelists in Mexico who were winning souls. They were taking care of the Great Commission. They were called Christians in Action. And if you take the initials of Christian in Action, that's CIA. And I, like a local, I brought my agenda book with me, Pastor, to Cuba. What the heck? I don't know what I was thinking, but I wasn't thinking because in Spanish it's Cristianos en Acción. And when I got arrested because I was in a, in a house and we were setting up to help these evangelists go in souls and be about the Great Commission in Cuba, I was giving them the same as a doctor makes $20 a month. A doctor in Cuba makes $20 a month. I gave them a bottle of anointing oil and, a, and I told them I'm going to support them $20 a month to go in souls in Cuba. And then I didn't know this, but one of the pastors of the Methodist Church was being interrogated and, and being, um, what is it called? Um, tapped. His phone line was being tapped. And, uh, and so he uh, came to the meeting late. Get this, in his church, in Cuba, there's no medicine to heal, to, 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 to heal the people. They do what they can do, and then they say, go to the church and pray. Maybe you'll get healed all the way. But anyway, they can drill out the cavities, but they can't put in any feelings. But in his church, God was putting in the feelings. God was putting in the feelings. Now, every church has a communist spy, and every church has an informant. 
And so they were taking these people that would testify that my, that my, my, my hole in my tooth, my molar got filled in. They were taking them in and they extracted it. They said, we don't even have this kind of metal on the island. This pastor's a spy. Everybody that's, a, that's considered a threat is part of the CIA. So he came to the meeting late. Anyway, long story short, what happened is I got arrested. And they found my book, and I was accused of being a CIA spy, which I am. I'm all about Christians in action. Anyway, uh, and bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. You need to be about sharing the message of Jesus Christ. What happened? I'll tell you later. What God began to move in an incredible way. And what happened is that God began, wants you to remember that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has incredible stories to use you and to share through you with other two other people because Bernardo de Casada Solomon is not the same man because he heard the good news message. Say the message. The message. Number two, we have authority. Say authority. God has given you and me authority to go share and to preach this message of Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And he says in Luke 9, 1 and 2, Jesus said, I give you, my disciples, my 12, authority. But then in Luke 10, 1 and 2, he called 70 more. And he gave those 70 more authority to go preach the word of God. And those 70 plus 12 makes how many? 70 plus 12? 82. Those 82 were going out. Now, some people say, well, that was just for the 12. Well, there's 82 people. Then there was how many in the upper room? 120 in the upper room. And then more than 500 people. So he gave them authority to go share the good news of Jesus Christ. And they have authority over principalities, powers of darkness, rulers of wickedness. They have authority over COVID, plagues, and pestilence. They have authority. You and I have been given authority in Jesus' name. That, na that word in, in Greek is exosia. Exosia is the Greek word for authority. That's like a policeman that has authority because he has a badge. He has a badge. Uh, I, I saw a state trooper in Texas pull over a bunch of traffic with a flashlight. With a flashlight because he had authority. Authority is something that you and I have. One time I was preaching at one of our churches in Mexico City. The biggest church that we have is 1,500 people down there. And, and uh, I was praying and God began to speak to me in the very beginning about uh, witches. And at the end of the service, well, during the service, I was saying, hey, listen, I just want you to know something. I just want you to, 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 to know that this good news message is for everybody. And you witches are included as well. And the women kind of looked at me funny. I wasn't talking about the women. But anyway, the thing is, is that at the end of the service, I said, please come forward. And you witches too, come forward. Eight witches came forward. In this church service, witchcraft and Satanism are practiced big time in Mexico. It's something all over the whole country. And in this church service, A came forward and the head witch, she said, I've been throwing curses at you and calling and casting spells on you, but nothing's working. I said, do you know why? You ain't got any authority here. Jesus has authority and Jesus is in me. He's the greater one. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to know you have authority. Say authority. You have authority to take uh, dominion over those things, principalities, power, situations, sicknesses, diseases. We've been commissioned. We were in uh, doing an invasion uh, throughout the country. We've done 104 invasions. We were in Orizaba, Orizaba, uh, Ver Orizaba was that on um, the state, uh, Veracruz, it's Veracruz, Orizaba, Veracruz.
And the mayor give us permission to go out into the parks and plazas to go witness and to, and to do our dramas and outreaches. But the city commissioner, the city uh, secretary came out and saw that we were also praying for people. And saw that we were also giving them Gospels of John. And we're giving them gospel tracts. And he said, I'm going to revoke your permission because I'd rather give homosexuals and others permits than give you Christians any kind of permission. Now, that was the year in 2016. We were about ready to reach a million souls. And so we begin to pray, God, either change this man's decision or take him out. It just came out of me. Take him out. Take him out. Lord, change his heart. Change the permission so we can have permission or take him out of the situation in the city. The next morning, unknown to us, somebody shared with us, a call us up and said, shared the morning newspaper says, the city secretary of Orizaba just resigned. And permission came back to us and we won a million souls. I'm going to tell you, you have authority. Say authority. You have authority in Jesus' name over the situations. Use it. Take it. So many Christians are sitting on their authority and they're not doing anything with it. Okay. Number three, power. Everybody say power. power. Now, power. It says in Romans, 8, uh, Romans 1, 16, and you sh- uh, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the what? Power, power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Power is the Greek word dunamis. That's explosive dynamite power. I usually, when I, when I share about power in Mexico, I use uh, cuetes. Cuetes are firecrackers. And they have big firecrackers in Mexico. They have these things called, they're like diamond uh, shape, they're or triangle shape. They're called palomas. That means dove. But uh, these things, they're like dynamite. And you, you get them, and they have big ones, and they, I mean, they're explosive. And I talked about the power of the devil and the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ. We have power. You, Acts 1.8 says what? You shall receive power to be my witnesses to, in, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Guys, God has given you and me power to do great things. In prison one time when I was there preaching, uh, called uh, uh, the prisoners to come forward and give their hearts to God. And at that moment, at that time, uh, there's a man in the far back in black shirt, black pants, black sunglasses. He didn't come forward. And I invited him to come forward. There was three, four levels of, of the prisoners up above that couldn't come forward, but they were, would be praying with us. But I invited this man. It says in the word of God, compel them to come. And this man said, you come over here in Spanish. I said, no, please come forward. Don't you know that all of us are going to go before a judge on this earth and we need a lawyer to represent us. And all of us are going to go in front of the judge of judges, the king of kings, God Almighty, and we need a judge to represent us. And that's a lawyer to represent us. And that's Jesus Christ. And at that moment, he just said again, you come over here. And the Spirit of God will work in your life and give you power and insight. And you'll know what to do when you don't know what to do. You'll know what to say. And all of a sudden, I said, Lord, what do I do? Help me. Help me. You shall receive power to be my witnesses. You receive that explosive power. And I said, oh, I get it. You know what? There's a lot of macho men in the United States. These guys are walking around with their shoulders back, their chest out like John Wayne with the big, you know, six shooters and stuff like that. And there's a lot of macho men here in Mexico. They're walking around with their chest out, their shoulders back, with two big bottles of, of, of bottles of beer. But I said, there's no macho men in hell. 
Oh yeah, there are big men. But they're crying out, Oh God, help me. Help me, but it's going to be too late. Because Jesus said, If you confess me on earth, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me on earth, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. I said, Man, come over here. That guy came. That guy came and gave his life to Jesus Christ. All the prisoners were applauding. I didn't know why. But he was a hitman for the big cartel in Mexico. I saw beside, behind his sunglasses tears that were in his eyes that as he gave his life to Jesus Christ. You see, we have the authority. We have the message. Say the message. We have the authority. Say authority. And we have the power. Say power. To preach the gospel. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine. Because that's wastefulness. But be filled with the power. Be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Be filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's number four. The anointing. The fourth thing that we have, the fourth key that we have is the anointing. 1 John 2.20 says this. Says that, that, the Holy, that you have the anointing from the Holy One. That, and you know the truth. The anointing from the Holy One is upon you. And then it says in Acts 10.38. You know about Jesus of Nazareth who came uh, and was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And so Jesus, many people think that Jesus did what he did because he's the son of God. Well, he is the son of God, but he didn't just do what he did because he's the son of God. He did what he did because God anointed him with power and with the Holy Spirit. And with, he was full of the word of God. And so, guys, what is the anointing? The anointing is the power of God, the ability of God in you through the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. Write that down. The anointing is the ability of God in you through the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. That's the anointing. It comes upon us when we fellowship with God, when we're in communion with God. Germina was there at our tent meeting in, 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 in Nuevo Laredo, and she had this big tumor in her, in her womb, and she was going to have surgery the next week. As we prayed for her one night, she started yelling and screaming, I'm, somebody's cutting me, I'm bleeding. And Paula an elderly lady in, our, in the church and was praying over her, laying hands on her. And I was praying, put my hands on her head. We were praying for her. And at that moment, as she was screaming, yelling, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. Somebody's cutting me. And Paula says, nobody's cutting you. You're not bleeding. You're okay. Next week, she went to the doctor. Doctor took the final x-ray before the surgery. The doctor said, did you go to the hospital? No, I didn't go. Did you go to see another doctor? No, I didn't go see another doctor. Did you go to a clinic? No, I didn't go to another clinic. Why are you asking me all these questions? Because here's the x-ray that shows a tumor. And here's the x-ray right now. There's no tumor. What happened? She said, Jesus took it out. Praise God. You see, we had the anointing. The anointing. I was praying over Elizabeth. I was praying over Lourdes in Mexico City. They had lupus. Do you know what the cure is for lupus? J-E-S-U-S. The cure for Jesus, the cure is Jesus. The cure for lupus is Jesus. There's no cure, but there is a cure. His name is Jesus Christ. Elizabeth, one of our one, uh, pastor's uh, wife and uh, the mother of one of our missionaries to Asia, she got healed of lupus. And so they, they're taking her blood out. They're taking her blood out because they want to see if her blood that got restored will cure the, and do something with, to the blood of the, other, the others that have lupus. And she said, no, no, you got it all wrong. It's not my blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. 
The blood of Jesus Christ has power. The blood of Jesus Christ has the, the anointing power of God. And so I'm in Monterey, Mexico, and I'm down there, and we're preaching and ministering, and, uh, at, and I'm leaving, and a lady goes, would you please pray over me? As I'm loading up the van. And she, I said, sure. What do you need? She says, my husband died of AIDS. And I have two children. And now I have AIDS. And she says, I don't want to die and leave my kids to nobody. Would you please pray? And something inside of me. You guys, something inside of you is there. It's called the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the anointing rose up inside of me. You got the message. You got the authority. You got the power. You got the rose up inside of me. And I said, AIDS, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind you right now. Come out of her. I saw her a month and a half later. We was at, there was a convention of the, the rehabilitation center in Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. I saw her a month and a half later, Pastor. She was there with the pastors, and I went by from the Bible school to go say hi to the pastors, and I didn't know she was there. And she's on one side of the, the field in the area, and I was on the other side, and I was saying hi to the pastor. I looked over there, she saw me, and she came running like they do in the movies, you know, Brother David. <laughs> and she came over, and she gave me a big hug. And she goes, you'll never guess what. I went to the laboratory, to the doctor. He took the blood again, and they did testing again. And they said, we don't understand it. There's no AIDS. Because Jesus is greater than AIDS. Every knee must bow. COVID must bow to the name of Jesus. Lay AIDS must bow. Cancer must bow to the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, you have number five signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, the fifth key, signs and wonders will follow, will follow just like, just like Elizabeth got healed of lupus, just like Maria got healed of AIDS, just like these people have been set free and delivered. You and I have these things in our life working. John 14, 12, what's it say? Jesus said, the signs that I've done, you works I've done, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do now that I go to the Father. What are the works of Jesus? Matthew 4, 23 and 24 says, And Jesus went about all through Galilee, teaching in the synagogue. Say teaching. teaching. And preaching to the multitude. Say preaching. preaching. And healing every kind of disease. Say healing. healing. What's the works of Jesus? Teaching, preaching, healing. Say teaching. teaching. Preaching. preaching. Healing. healing. Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. You know it. Guys, God has given to you and me these things with the good, great message, the great commission of Jesus Christ. And we got to the privilege. We have the privilege and even right now, as the world is hopeless, desperate, our team is going out door to door, giving out food. We're building houses. We're building, putting on new roofs. And Mike and Miguel and Dalila, Mike and Delilah, they come to a house. And the young man said to his wife in the morning, before they came, this is the end of the world. We don't have any food. We don't have any money. I don't got a job. We're not right with God. We don't even have a Bible. We're going to hell. That afternoon, 
our team members knocked on their door. Hey, we're here to give out some food. Can we give you some food? And if you'd like, we'll give you a Bible. And Bernice, Bernice, Bernice called Caesar, Cesar. Cesar, come over here. Tell him what you told me this morning. And he told all that. And Miguel said, can we pray for you? And tears filled their eyes. And they said, would you please? And they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. You see, people need the Lord like never before. People in Tahlequah need the Lord. They're desperate right now. People are desperate. They're desperate. I just want to challenge you. I want to charge you. This is the time like never before to be about the Lord's work, to be about the Lord's business. While it's still day, the night is coming when no man can work. Can I pray for you? Father God, I thank you that every believer here, everyone has been commissioned with the great commission to go about throughout all the world and wherever their world is to share your message and authority with authority and with power and anointing and, and to see you work, your works, God, signs and wonders through them because they're the hands of Jesus on this earth today. They are the mouths of Jesus, of you, Lord, on this earth today. And so, Lord, I charge every believer right now. I commission everyone as a Christian with authority that God has given to me as a minister to take this gospel, this good news, to the lost, the hurting, the hopeless, the needy, the brokenhearted, to share your faith, Father God. Lord, raise, raise them up to share their faith, God, the message of Jesus Christ, to tell their story with authority, with power, with the Holy Spirit's anointing. Lord, use these men and women to bring your kingdom to this earth with signs and wonders. Let them be history makers, world changers. Thank you for their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Donna and I want to finish. We want to finish by just praying for you. We want to lay hands on you. We want to pray for you. And if you don't want us to touch you, it's okay. We'll still just put our hands away from you. But listen, the power of God is in me. Spirit of God's in me. The anointing of God's in me. And I'd like to pray for you. Would you stand on your feet with me?